this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag For Paris podcast. It's wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. Welcome. Uh, so glad that you're joining us uh, this week. If you've been watching us for a, a, a while, welcome back. Uh, if you're joining us for the very first time, uh, let me get, caught up, get you caught up to speed. Uh, we are doing a series called Stand. And it's a series that continues to revolve around this pivotal question. What are you standing upon in life? Or put another way, what is the foundation of your life? Where do you get your sense of identity? What is your source of strength? What what gives you hope and assurance in the midst of anything that you are facing in life? I believe that regardless of where you are in faith, whether you're someone who believes in God or you're still exploring who God is and what this even looks like, that this is a series for you as it hopefully provides an opportunity for us to be honest with ourselves and to see, you know, what is it that I believe, but then also are my beliefs actually beginning to shape my behavior? So today, I want to land on the whole reality of courage. We all need courage in life, don't we? Like courage is that ability, that strength to push us beyond into places where we may not naturally go on our own. That, that we like to be comfortable. We, we, we don't often want to face difficulties, but it's the courage that allows us to do what we couldn't do naturally. So not everything in life needs courage. Like when you eat that second piece of pie after dinner. That doesn't take courage. There are moments in life that I would call those sweaty palm moments that you know your heart begins to beat, it starts to race a little bit quicker, and you know you are stepping into something beyond what is natural and normal for you. Let me give you an example from my life. A number of years ago, uh, our family, along with a couple other families, went uh, camping up in northern Ontario near Sudbury at Grundy Lake. And one of the amazing things about Grundy Lake is they have different levels of cliffs that you can jump off to into the water. And so we thought one afternoon, hey, this would be a great idea. Let's go cliff jumping. And they have like a 10-foot cliff. They have like a 15, 20-foot cliff. And then they have like a 35, 40-foot cliff. And I remember we went and we all kind of, you know, eased in a little bit. We jumped off the first cliff and then a fewer people jumped off the second cliff. And then we started to look at the third cliff. And you get to the edge and you look over and you're like, this is a little bit beyond what I want to do. Well, it got caught up in the moment and I threw it out there. I said, hey, if any of the kids do it, I will do it. Well, wouldn't you know it? One of the kids literally just runs and jumps off the cliff into the water, 35 feet. And I'm thinking, this is not good. Those of you who don't know me, I'm afraid of heights. And so even getting up to the edge of this cliff was not something I was comfortable with. Like this was a sweaty palm moment. Like I'm I'm sweaty right now just even thinking about it. But I knew I, I said I needed to do it. And so a number of the kids did it. And then my youngest, who was eight at the time, Canaan, he wanted to do it. And Rebecca, my wife, said, he's not doing it, Joel, until you get into the water. So I was given my marching orders. So this is one of those jumps where you couldn't just kind of run off and fall in. You had to actually jump so you wouldn't hit the rock face going down. And I remember that may have been the greatest moment of intense prayer in my life. I run, I jump, arms flailing, screaming, and I'm like, 
please God save me, please God save me, please God save me. You hit the water and then you go down deep and you're like, am I ever gonna come up? Well, finally I surfaced, I was so thankful. And then my eight-year-old jumped off, no big deal to him. And he's like, that was so much fun, dad, let's do it again. And I'm like, I'm done, I'm done. Now, you're probably sitting there thinking, all right, you know what? Are you embellishing this actually happened? Well, we have footage of one of the kids that was with us, Noah, who took the plunge. So check it out and you decide. So there you go. Like that's like that's a legitimate, you're hanging in the air for three to four seconds. Like, like that is legit. It took tremendous courage. In the midst of life, maybe it's not cliff jumping, but there's times where you know that you need courage to take the necessary steps. But have you ever considered how important courage is when it comes to our relationship with God? Have you ever considered that it takes courage to follow Jesus? Because there are going to be times where he is going to nudge us. He is going to call us to step into places in life that we would not naturally go on our own. Or have you ever considered that it takes courage in the midst of the difficulties of life to trust that God is still with you? As I think about faith, as I think about my relationship with God, I realize that courage is so important. And so today, I wanna to focus on courage, on, on why it is so necessary, and how God is ultimately the one who gives us the courage to step into these difficult places. And to kind of help guide the conversation, we're going to jump back into the story of Daniel. Again, if you're just joining us, Daniel's story is told in the Old Testament. And so this is prior to the birth of Jesus. And Daniel comes at a time when God's people are in a difficult place. They have been conquered by the Babylonians. Their cities and homes have been destroyed. The temple has been completely ransacked. And the majority of them have been taken off into exile where they are placed in circumstances where they will be removed from their Jewish identity and hopefully begin to give up on their trust and faith in God. And it's here that we begin to see, through the life of Daniel, faith lived out. Well, today we're going to learn from three of his friends, three guys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Maybe familiar, maybe not. But here's a circumstance. The king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, is an irrational individual. And he really has no time for God, that, that he wants all the focus to be upon him. And so in chapter 3, he erects a 96-foot high statue made of gold. And he declares that at the sound of any music, people must bow down and worship. And if you don't, if you don't, you literally get burned to death. You get thrown into the furnace. Our tech guy thought it would be great for me to hang out by a furnace in the midst of this story. So I am like literally sweating to death. So I can appreciate what the story is all about. But it's here, it's in this moment that we begin to see a step of courage that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego took. 
because they refused to bow down. They understood that their faith and belief in God, if he was their foundation, that it must shape their behavior. And they knew that they were not going to bow down. They were not going to give allegiance to anyone but God. Now, they didn't go out and announce it to the world, but guess what? There were tattletales around. People saw that when the music was played, everyone else was bowing down, and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were still upright. So they told the king, and the king was none too happy. Let's jump into the story right here to see what happens next. We're going to turn to Daniel chapter 3, beginning with verse 13. We're told that then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they, brought, when they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Can you imagine standing before the king, the most powerful man, who's given you a second chance and still having the courage to say, we will not bow down. We will not serve your gods. We will serve and worship our God, not yours. What a step of courage. And I so appreciate what they said, that, that even that God had the ability to save them, but, but even if he doesn't, that would still not change their mind. When I think of their courage, their faith, their ability to trust in God, two things immediately strike me. The first one is how significant their belief, their convictions shaped their behavior. Listen, it's, it's easy to believe in God when it doesn't come at a cost. But suddenly when the stakes are raised and something is required of you, that's when courage is necessary. Like think about it for a moment. It could have been so easy for these three to, to, to start to, to, to compromise, to, 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 to start to rationalize. Like, listen, we, we don't want to be too extreme. Listen, this king is crazy. He's irrational. Like, we're just going to bow down, but, but we're not really going to mean it. Because at the end of the day, God, God knows our hearts, and, and we, we want to play the end game, right? Like, if we want to be a witness to others, if, if we want to live long lives, and, and we want to have an impact for the kingdom, then, then maybe we shouldn't take this step right now. We should compromise. You know, one of the dangers of compromise is it begins to erode our foundation. Because if they don't stand up for their faith here, then what about when the next opportunity comes? 
it could easily begin to irrationalize it away as well. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego understood that courage will often require a cost, that they had to take a step of faith. The second thing is that I realized that their courage reminded me that they did not have a transactional relationship with God. Transactional is is a sense of this idea of, well, God, I'm going to do this for you and you better do this for me. That God, if we're going to put our necks on the line for you, then you better step up and save us or change the king's mind or do something. But even in their conversation with the king, they indicated no such thing. They said, we believe that our God can save us, but even if he chooses to not, we will not bow down. Talk about courage. So I don't know, if maybe you've never heard this story before. You're sitting there thinking, okay, pins and needles. Like what exactly happened? Well, let's jump back in. We see this in verse 19. It says, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come out. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's commands and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own. This is truly one of those jaw-dropping moments in the Bible that these three men chose to take a courageous stand and God delivered them. But there's two rather important things that we note. The first one is this fourth figure in the fire. I mean, the king was kind of like rubbing his eyes. He couldn't believe what he saw. He even asked his advisors. He's like, wait a second, wait a second. We threw three in. Now I see four. What is going on? Now, scholars will debate a little bit. Some believe that it would have been an angel of God. Others believe that it was Jesus himself prior to his incarnation. 
Regardless of, of where you land on this, the reality is the same, that this was the visible presence of God with them. The second thing is that these three men were not harmed at all. Like, look at the details. Like, not only were they not burned or singed, but when they came out of the furnace, they didn't even smell like fire. I mean, we had a campfire about a week ago, and the smell of smoke is still in the jacket that I was wearing. Like, like you know that reality. Like, I just love that fine detail that God was putting upon this. But it's in this moment, that fourth person, the presence of God, that I believe we learn one of the greatest principles that will enable us to step out in courage, to trust God courageously in the midst of life. Because this is a life-changing truth that was not only true for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but it's true for you and for me. And it's simply this, that God is always with us in the fire. At times in the midst of difficulties of life, we may wonder, God, are you present? God, where are you? God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? If you're someone who is new to the faith or perhaps exploring faith, you, you need to understand that following Jesus does not make you immune to the difficulties and the fires of life. Actually, there's going to be times where life is going to become more difficult because of your faith in him and because of the places he's calling you to go. And there's going to be times that God may not deliver you out of the fire, but he'll walk with you through the fire. So often we think that, that God will deliver us and, and not allow us to step into these difficult places, but, but so often we see God with us in the midst of it all. And I know from personal experience that often the greatest rea reality, the greatest reminder of God's presence with me is in the fires of life. So what's our takeaway? As we began on courage, it takes courage to have faith because there's going to be times where Jesus calls us to step into moments of life that we would not naturally go on our own. It takes courage to trust that God is with us in the midst of the fires of life. And so when you have those sweaty palm moments, those times where Jesus is calling you into difficult places, will you have the courage not to compromise, not to be silent, not to be quiet, but to allow your belief to shape your behavior? Or perhaps right now, you're in the midst of one of those fires of life. It could be financial. It could be physical. It could be relational. I don't know your circumstance, but you do, and so does God. It takes courage to trust and to believe that God is with you. Even though he may not deliver you, he is walking with you through the fire of life. 
Putting your faith in Jesus requires courage. There's going to be times where we may be uncertain, even fearful. But this is so important to know. Courage does not mean the absence of fear. Courage says, even when I'm fearful, I will still step through. And so what about you? How do we begin to allow this sense of courage, this this reality of God to take grip of our lives? When we stand upon him, how do we act courageously? We jump into the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, probably written about six, seven hundred years after the incident of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace. Hebrews chapter 11 is is one of the great chapters in the Bible because it's what's often referred to as the Faith Hall of Fame. If, If you want a quick recap of all the amazing individuals who stood courageously for God, read Hebrews chapter 11. Because in it, in about verse 34, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are mentioned, although not by name. And it's in this that we are reminded how we can draw courage from God. Hebrews 11.34 says this, By faith, they quench the flames of fire, refusing to turn from God to be set free. They place their hope in a better life after the resurrection. So how do we act courageously for God? How do we step out in faith in times where it may make us uncomfortable? Or how do we trust that God is at work with us even in the midst of the fires of life? It's all about focus. The writer of Hebrews said because they focused upon the hope of the resurrection. You know, unknown as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was the even greater reality of the presence of God in Jesus. Why can we act courageously in life? Because Jesus went into the fire for you and me. He faced death through a cross for our benefit. But beyond that, he rose from the grave. And the New Testament tells us that the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. So how do we stand courageously? By knowing that God is with us because of Jesus in the middle of the fire. And the same power that brought Jesus out of the fire and rose to life is the same power that is available to us when we are in the midst of the difficulties of life. So wherever you are, if you're a follower of Jesus, may you be willing to stand courageously for him. If you're in the midst of a fire, may you know that Jesus is walking with you in the midst of it. Or if you're someone that perhaps has not taken that step of faith, that that you're trying to muster the strength and the courage from within. It doesn't need to be this way. Jesus wants to come alongside you to be your source of courage, to enable you to take a stand in the midst of life. And so we're gonna conclude with a song. 
that again really speaks to this reality. And then I'm going to invite you to come back because we are going to celebrate communion together. Maybe communion is, is something that is foreign to you or you wonder why we do it. Communion reminds us again to place our focus back on Jesus so that we can be courageous, that we can take a stand for him and that we can trust that he is with us in the midst of all of life. And so I hope you'll join us. And so hopefully you've had the opportunity to grab something to eat and, and something to drink. Because this bread and this cup, they become a sign, a, a symbol of a greater reality. Because Jesus, when he was with his disciples, took bread and he took the cup and he set them apart from common use so that they could become a reminder of a greater symbol. Jesus took bread and after he blessed it, he broke it and he said, this is my body which shall be broken for you. Take this and eat this in remembrance of me. Let us eat together. In the same way, Jesus then took the cup and said, this cup is a new covenant which will be sealed with my blood. For without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of one's sins. Therefore, whenever you drink from this cup, do so in remembrance of me. Let us drink and celebrate together. Just as we conclude our time I want to close this in prayer. And I want to pray specifically for, for you. Because you may be in one of two circumstances. Perhaps this is the day where you have said, Jesus, I want to put my faith in you. I want you to be the rock upon which I stand. May I know your power and your courage at work with me. And so I want to pray for you. And if this is your prayer, then but I'd encourage you to, to reach out to someone, perhaps the person who shared the link or reach out to me. And I'd love to connect with you to talk a little bit more about what does it look like to follow Jesus in all of life. The second group of people I want to I pray for are perhaps those who, who are followers of Jesus, but find themselves at a place where God is nudging them to step out and they haven't yet worried that they may not have the courage. Or perhaps they're in the midst of the fire and they are wondering, God, where are you in the midst of this? I want to pray that you would know God's presence in your life as well. And so will you join me as we pray? And so, Lord God, I give thanks that you know us and you know what's going on in our hearts right now. I pray for those people specifically that are watching that perhaps today is the day that they make the decision to say, Jesus, I want you in my life. May you forgive me. May, may I start to take my cues from you. Guide me in the midst of all of life. May you give them the assurance of your presence. I pray also for those that perhaps as followers of you, Jesus, are finding themselves in difficulties of, of just wondering how can they take this step? Wondering, do they have the courage? 
perhaps questioning, God, are you even with them? May you give them the assurance of your presence this day, that you are with them, walking alongside them through the fire. May you fill them with your peace. May you grant them your comfort. So we ask it all, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And so now may the blessing and love of God the Father Almighty, the grace, the mercy, and the courage of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the peace and the comfort of the Holy Spirit be with you today and in all of your tomorrows. Amen. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris. Our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B.ca. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.